On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, good morning everybody. Before we begin, as always, remember that the information provided here is general. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, circumstances or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk. None are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, make sure you contact an investment advisor. And we have plenty of very good investment advisors. You can find out more about them and where to find them at our website, which is craigsip.com. Okay, let's take a look back at last week. And it was a difficult week for share markets, uh, as was the week before. We've had a strong rally across the board since mid-June. In the last couple of weeks, we've given some of that back. So maybe markets have have just realised that they got a little bit ahead of themselves. It was the S&P 500 in the US that fell the hardest. It was down 4% last week, had a particularly rough day on Friday. And that weekly performance was the worst that we've seen in more than two months. So I think the key thing there is that investors uh, chose to take a few profits um, after the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell uh, gave a speech at Jackson Hole on, on Friday. That seemed to just uh, wake people up um, and remind them that uh, there's still plenty of interest rate hikes still to come. So they, there's still a few reasons to be cautious, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, so the US down about 4%, the UK was down one6 Europe down 2.6%. The Aussie market was one of the better performers, it was flat. Uh, that could have been on the back of a, a solid week of results, generally been a fairly good reporting season across the Tasman. Uh, in the local market, the NZX50 was up uh, 0.7%. So we, we did okay um, in the context of what we've seen around the rest of the world. So markets across the board are still down year to date. The New Zealand market is down oh, 11%. Uh, the US market down about 15%. If you take into account currency moves, because remember the Kiwi dollar has fallen sharply against the US dollar this year, it's down about 10%. So in New Zealand dollar terms, that return from US shares uh, turns from minus 15 into about minus 5. So that's really important for local investors. You've actually had a a pretty big shock absorber in the form of... um, of where the currency has moved to. So we've had a couple of difficult weeks, uh, but still um, the NZX50, the S&P 500, both up around 10% from where they fell to in, um, uh, in the middle of June. So at one point in June, the US market was down 23 odd percent for the year, the NZX50 down 19% for the year. So those numbers I quoted earlier, while they're, they're they're still negative. They're certainly not as bad as what we saw um, two and a half months ago. Um, other markets uh, that we like to follow, so interest rates uh, as an example. We had uh, the US two-year Treasury yield increase. Uh, it went from 323 to 3.37. The 10-year yield rose uh to 3.03, so rising interest rates across the board there in the US, and on the local front, it was a similar story. So the two-year swap rate uh, increased from 4% to 4.19, the five-year swap rate from 3.82 to 4.04. So with uh, interest rates having fallen uh, from mid-June to a couple of weeks ago, we've seen them sort of 
increase a little bit uh, since then and that has been part of the reason that we've had share markets that have uh, found the going a little bit uh, difficult just lately. Commodity prices, we had oil up about 2.5% uh, last week. I think it finished about $93 a barrel. The Bloomberg Commodity Index uh, rose just shy of 2%. Um, and you, like, like many other markets, uh, we've, we saw a big turn uh, in about June uh, with commodity markets that at the time had risen very strongly. Uh, commodity prices, oil prices coming off since then and oil prices are down about 24% from those June highs. The broader Bloomberg Commodity Index is down about 9% from those June highs. So uh, prices are still above where they started the year, above where they were before Russia invaded Ukraine six months ago, uh, but they're not as high as they were at one point. So that's sort of the way the, the picture is looking. In terms of what caught my eye, uh, starting internationally last week, it was the Friday speech from Jerome Powell that was the key event. And our market was closed by the time this took place. So this was overnight on Friday night. Uh, but you saw quite a sharp reaction uh, in, in the US share market on the back of that. And he didn't really say anything new. I think it's it's just woken people up from that maybe a slightly naive uh, view that the Fed is about to sort of pull back and um, maybe just pause uh, because we've seen a few cracks appear in the global economy. He was very quick to remind people that they've still got more work to do. So uh, when when he was talking about um, uh, the need to ensure that price stability is where they want it to be, in other words, inflation is lower, uh, he said that we'll require will be required to maintain a restrictive policy stance for some time. Um, he said that we'll, we'll see higher interest rates, we'll see slower growth, we'll see soft labour market conditions, um, and those things will bring down inflation, but they'll also cause some pain for households and businesses. But uh, then he also pointed out that look, failing to deal with inflation would mean greater pain. So you put all that together and it's it's basically some tough talk to say, um, we'll do what we've got to do, uh, and that is that is our goal, to get inflation where it needs to be, and if that causes a bit of pain, uh, a bit of difficulty, then so be it, because that is a small price to pay compared to let inflation, let, letting inflation get out of control. But um, to be honest, to me, it was a little bit surprising the market reaction was so strong, because you know, there's nothing new there. It, that's more of the same. Um, and as we all know, uh, the Fed will be guided by what's happening out there. So if you see if you see the data start to tell all of us that uh, inflation is coming down uh, and it's that's that's a that's a, a clear trend there, then they will have uh, the ability to maybe step back or pause. So um, I don't think we really need to sort of panic over that speech. It's um it's it's really just a reminder that there's still a bit of work to do with that's that's something already new. Anyway, the market reaction was a, a negative one, maybe because markets had sort of run a little bit too hot in the first place. The other key piece of information we got out of the US was PCE inflation. That stands for personal consumption expenditures and that is uh, one of several inflation measures you get in the US. It's important because it's the one the Federal Reserve likes. They see it as sort of the most uh, 
are the most realistic in terms of what households are actually facing. And there was some good news on that front. Uh, front. Um, this, this, these numbers were for July, and we saw the headline PCE fall for the month of July. So inflation actually went backwards. You know, there was no inflation. Prices fell. Um, that was a that was below forecasts. Markets were expecting a flat outcome. Uh, and it was well below what we saw in June. So first negative monthly print since April 2020. That's something we should be definitely encouraged by. The the annual figures are still running pretty hot. You know, headline inflation's at 6.3%. Uh, core inflation's at 4.6%. But to see headline inflation actually go backwards for the first time in more than two years, let's hope that that's the beginning of a trend of a much more moderate sort of... Um, path for for prices so it's only one month uh, not out of the woods but uh, certainly a good sign uh, the other thing that I was watching last week on the global front were the flash PMIs for uh, August and these came out for uh, the US Europe Japan Australia the UK and this is really an activity indicator and they all pointed to slowing momentum in all of those regions. So the US and Europe, which were already sort of below their break-even point, uh, fell further below break-even, and Japan and Australia also dipped below that break-even level that separates expansion from contraction. So I think that does tell us that the, the cost pressures, the... Um, you know, the staff shortages, the higher commodity prices, the higher interest rates are all starting to feed through into weaker economic activity. So that, uh, that, that is telling us that, that momentum has definitely slowed uh, as we head into the second half of the year. There were some good signs as well, um, particularly on that inflation front too, further signs of easing price pressures, supply chain improvements. In the US, for example, the rate of input cost inflation eased for the third month in a row, and input prices are now rising. They're still rising, but they're rising at the slowest rate that we've seen in a year and a half. And firms in the US also reported that selling prices were increasing at the slowest pace in a year and a half. So firms aren't seeing the same input prices going up, which means they're not putting prices up on the other side. So so that's a good thing. Um, on the local front, it was the retail sales report that was the big one, um, and we saw a surprise fall. This was for the June quarter, and total volumes fell two and a half percent. You know, people were expecting to go up one point seven percent, so that's that's a chunky chunky decline uh, relative to what was expected. It's the second quarter in a row we've seen a decline, so. I guess on the one hand, not a huge surprise really when we look back and you think about how the retail sector's probably been performing, uh, you know, higher costs uh, for consumers, um, you know, higher mortgage rates, you know, are, is it a surprise people are spending less? It probably shouldn't be, but we still didn't expect things to be quite that bad. And it does raise the chances of a negative GDP print when we next get the GDP figures. I think they're out on the 15th of September, so a couple of weeks away. And remember the March quarter was a small negative. So we've had, had the March quarter small negative. Uh, if the June quarter does turn out to be a small negative, and retail sales isn't a massive part of the economy, I think off the top of my head it's sort of 7 or 8%. But it, it does give you a good steer on sort of how things are going. So, yeah, the, the, it does raise the chance of, you know, potentially a negative print for that June quarter GDP report, which would mean that we're in a technical recession. Be be the most strangest recession ever. 
you know, with with uh, almost record low levels of unemployment and strong wage growth. But um, you'd still you'd still see that make the headlines. Uh, we also had lots of companies reporting last week, and the reporting season is sort of wrapped up on the local front now, but. Uh, last week was another bigger one, lots of the heavyweights, uh, lots of highlights. For the most part, I think corporate New Zealand's in good shape. Uh, they're still growing, uh, got strong balance sheets, they're, they're delivering and, and our companies are in a very good position. However, there's definitely an air of caution around outlook commentaries. Even the companies that post a very good results a little bit cautious uh, about the outlook. And I think that's just due to the uncertainty. You know, so many things that are uncertain, the local economy, the global economy, geopolitics, um, uh, commodity prices, uh, the currency's been moving around quite a bit. Uh, there's, there's lots of things uh, that just makes it more difficult to forecast how your business performance is going to be. So I think, you know, I, I don't think the, the lack of guidance or the the uncertainty that um, we've seen come through in those outlook commentaries really tells us we have something major to worry about. I think it's really just a reflection of how difficult it is to sort of see a clear way forward at the moment. But uh, Freightways had a good result. Um, that was one of the, the strongest stocks last week. Uh, even the likes of Air New Zealand, Sky TV, really pleasing to see businesses like that uh, get themselves back on track and have some positive news to report Um uh, after after the difficult run that they've had. We've still got a couple of results to come. Uh, A2 Milk will be the big one. That's out today, Monday. Also, Restaurant Brands and Vista. Uh, so those are the big ones that are that are still to come. And then Circo has an AGM on Wednesday. So that sort of rounds out the, um, the reporting season and the corporate news flow that's been so strong and busy throughout the month of August. Um, looking ahead... This week internationally, I think it'll be all about the economic data. We've got uh, the ISM index, uh, which is the, that stands for Institute of Supply Institute for Supply Management. Uh, so they'll release their manufacturing index um, for August on Wednesday. I think it is Wednesday, Thursday. Might be Thursday uh, overnight actually, uh, and that'll be closely watched because that'll just give us another piece of the puzzle in terms of how the the US economy is tracking the, this. This index has held up really well compared to other indicators, um, so hopefully it continues to. But uh, we'll also be watching for any further signs of inflation pressures moderating, you know, to corroborate some of those other signs uh, of, of things having turned a little bit uh, that I mentioned earlier. Then we've got the US jobs report uh, on Friday night, and th- this has been super strong in, in recent months as well. Unemployment's back at 3.5%, uh, which is back, you know, back to where it was pre-pandemic. So all those jobs that were lost through the pandemic, they've been uh, recovered and uh, the US unemployment rate's pretty much at a 50-year low again, which which again makes it really strange that you've got people talking about, you know, is the US in recession or, um, you know, all the other sort of challenges out there when you've got such a low level of unemployment and such a strong labour market. So that will be something we're watching. That'll be Thursday night, Friday night, I think, in the US, so very late in the week. China, which has been uh, troublesome. You know, it's probably been the weak link uh, of the, the global economy uh, in recent months, partly because of the uh, the property sector, which is in all sorts of trouble and requiring support from the government. And also the, the COVID zero policies have just been made things really stop start uh, for the services sector. So China's had a difficult run. You know, that growth target, they've got a 5.5% for this year. 
they've got no chance of coming anywhere near that. So it is it is um, still one that we need to watch closely. And we will get uh, the official PMIs on Wednesday afternoon and then we'll, we'll get an alternate um, release, but a similar one sort of uh, uh, around that same time as well, midweek. So China will be in focus. On the local front, uh, the ANZ Business Outlook, I think, will be uh, what I'll be watching most closely. Uh, this is the monthly survey that ANZ does, a really good survey, really useful as a leading indicator for, for growth, for how businesses are feeling, for, for cost pressures and for looking at different sectors. So that's out at one o'clock on Wednesday, always worth a look. Last month we saw conf- confidence rebound. Um, it's still pretty subdued. You know, the, the key measure that I watch, what they call the own activity measure, um, it, it's it's close to the weakest we've seen in almost two years. So um, it, it's stabilised, uh, these these confidence indicators, but they're still looking pretty, pretty subdued. I'll be watching for any signs of residential construction intentions improving. Um, that's been a part of the market hit that, or part of the economy, I should say, that is, has been struggling. Um, so that's that's something to watch, and also looking for any sort of moderation and cost pressures, pricing intentions, inflation expectations, because we we haven't really seen any let up on that front here in New Zealand. In other parts of the world, there has been a moderation or even a decline, uh, which is good, but in New Zealand, um, we haven't really seen a whole lot of that. So that's, that's something we'll be needing to um, keep an eye on. That's pretty much it for the week. Oh, the only thing I didn't mention in Europe, and this is, this is quite important too, we will get a couple of data points out of Europe. Um, I talked about the US, I didn't touch on Europe, but uh, the August producer price index and consumer price index are both out this week, and they'll be important because energy prices is obviously surging in that region. So uh, we would just want to keep tabs on sort of how bad that situation is. It looks almost inevitable that Europe and the UK will fall into recession. They've got just a whole range of things that they've got to deal with at the moment, which uh, isn't helping at all. But uh, that that energy situation, what it what it means for costs and producer and consumer prices will be will be something we need to take note of. Uh, and on the corporate front, like I mentioned, sort of those ended stocks that are reporting um, early in the week. Across the Tasman, things are mostly done to Woodside, about the only notable company that uh, still has a result to come. I think that that business reports on Tuesday and that there's, a, there's a couple of international businesses that are releasing results. Costco, uh, which is one that... Uh, Recently, recently made its presence felt in New Zealand, and that's a, a really good quality business um, that I know a lot of investors watch and follow and own shares in. So Costco's got a result on Wednesday, and then Lululemon, which uh, is a company that many of us are familiar with, um, very strong business in the sports apparel space. They're reporting on Thursday. So look, that's the way the week is shaping up. Uh, it's maybe going to be a little bit quieter than we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but um, I'm sure there'll be something in amongst all of that will, that will keep investors and markets on their toes. So enjoy your week. Thanks very much for listening, everybody, and we will talk again soon. Thank you. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.